it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is wrestling writer and historian Brian R. Solomon, and you are listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. I was the 100th guest on this podcast, so I think it's definitely worth your time. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stu Palmer. Well, thank you very much for this year. Thank you for the past three years. All of you viewing, listening, however you digest Jews Wrestling Podcast, I am very thankful. Everyone have a lovely Christmas. We'll be back in the new year after this episode 101 with Dave Faulkner. Dave has been in the business for some time. In the wrestling business, pro wrestling, he's been in it for a while. But prior to that, he did freestyle wrestling. He did grappling. He went into the MMA world. He was on the Ultimate Fighter UK versus USA in 2009 as well. But his love of wrestling has always been there. Pro wrestling, watching World of Sport, watching the great Les Kellett. Just so many great stories about how he got into it. Then promoting and running superstar pro wrestling, Mr. J. Apter as well. We get to hear about that. We've got his favorite matches, influences, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the Japanese style, you name it. And we cover a lot. We cover a lot in this episode. So, my guest for episode 101 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, the year-ending episode, Merry Christmas, it's Dave Faulkner, Master Grappler and Pro Wrestler. Enjoy. My guest for Stu's Wrestling Podcast, episode 101, all the way from Liverpool. Actually, not too far away from here, actually. I'm, I'm in North Wales. It is Mr. Dave Faulkner, Pro Wrestler, Grappler, MMA guy, you train Michael Bisping for the big fights, yeah. A lot of accolades, a lot of accolades, but we're here predominantly today to talk about pro wrestling, your love of pro wrestling, fan perspective, doing it, being in the business, promoting as well. Can't leave that out. How are you doing, Dave? How's things? Absolutely fantastic. Made up, we finally got on, and what what a number to come on, 101. You're 101? Yeah, 101. 
Left the 101 for you, so yeah, absolutely. Dave, I, I want to go right back, right, before you got into the business. As, as a fan, as a kid, what made you gravitate to the world of pro wrestling? God, it was probably before your time a bit, this shoe. So, back in 1982, I think I've said this on two other uh, podcasts, and bo- they were both grappling, legit grappling podcasts as well. And like I got, it's the same reason I got into all the MMA legit grappling. It was 1982. Uh, I watched World of Sport on the Saturday morning, and it was Skull Murphy beating someone up. And the fact that Skull Murphy was the bad guy, um, and he, he was just cheating all the way through it. I was just, I was just uh, incensed. I was, I just wanted to kill the fella. So uh, from that day on, I thought I'm going to train for the rest of my life. I'm going to get that guy back. So that was the start. Who, who else in World of Sport, you know, it was a plethora of guys. It was a little bit before my time. I can remember it yeah. towards the back end. Obviously, you know, they, they, they shelved it. But yeah, some of the guys from the World of Sport era that you liked. Yeah, well, yeah, well mine was um, one of my all-time favourites was Les Kellett. Now, um, I think if people go back and watch loads of the World of Sport now, they'll notice that. A lot of the stars are like in the fifties already. They were never, they never like wrestled young. Obviously, Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy and all that wrestled as kids and Robbie Brookside and whatnot. But um, yeah, they, they were all, they, they all, they had like a lot of them had careers in freestyle wrestling anyway, and they were just working men. And then he started doing um, show wrestling later on, just to carry it on. Because anyone who does any type of fighting sport never wants to give it up. So that probably seemed like the next. Um, Logical step to take. Did you, did you go to the shows in person? Did you manage to get get to any of them? Yeah, well, not the, the televised ones. I went to when they done it. Was like basically um, it wasn't so much um, like world of sport on the road, but it was their wrestlers. So don't know if it was out of season or whatever you want to call it. But the the wrestlers from there used to travel around. I mean, the Kirby Suite, where I, I lived, um, I seen Big Daddy live there. I mean, a number, not a number of wrestlers from World of Sport was there, but I was a Big Daddy fan at one point, as most people were <laughs> back in the 80s. And um, yeah, I seen loads, even seen Davey Boy there. I mean, I saw Davey Boy in his, um, because it was linked to, as a legendary wrestling status at one point, Kirby Suite. But I seen Davey Boy Smith in his, in his, um, his, his WWF phase when he was wider than he was tall. So, yeah, listen, just it was it was literally when I travelled. I used to watch a lot of shows in Blackpool. Um, I think I seen William Regal, but under a mask, and I never knew it was him because I seen this guy wrestling under a mask, and someone told me it was most likely Stephen Regal. So, um, I've caught loads over time. I've always travelled around the northwest west watching wrestling. I've even gone as. Uh, like as far as uh, Kent to watch shows, but yeah, they were always uh, wrestlers from uh, World of Sport. Were always on it as, as among, amongst others. It's nice, nice to hear that you got to the shows. You know, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of these episodes I do. You know, we don't go that far back. It's a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, nineties onwards. So I like, I like the fact that you know, World of Sport was part of your your routine as a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, there was a guy. Um, if you um, people people listening now, go and check it out on YouTube. It's Carl McGrath versus Johnny Saint. It's one of the most technical, superior, um, and just outright awesome matches you'll see if you're into that type of wrestling. And Carl McGrath actually taught me freestyle wrestling in KB wow. Sports Center. So uh, yeah, and um, yeah, we're going to get him in on Superstar Pros. Um, 
possibly I can guess the spokesperson because it's part of the history because there's, there's a few of the old schoolers, people well, much older than me who come to, who still follow wrestling shows all around the country and they know, they'll know exactly who he is but it's nice because uh, one thing about uh, pro wrestling fans that they do have a long memory, they remember things when they were a kid, obviously you've got to uh, rediscover stuff before the time but um, people have a long memory so if they've seen one person in their life once for a wrestling show they'll remember them as soon as they see them again That'll be good, that Dave, having his insight, absolutely. You know, getting getting him. That's that that'll be that'll be brilliant. Yeah, well he's thing yo, he's, he's he's in Southport six months of the year, Carmagra, and he's in um Spain for six months of the year. So he's done that for years. But um he, he was also a photographer, so some of the photos he must have in his loft to be unreal. Because he used to um now, I didn't realise the Karma Guy was a pro wrestler because it was very heavy on the kayfabe. Okay, it was Jay was ringing me. Okay. He always rings me at the worst times. Jay, after the worst. <laughs> yeah. Business never stops for you, you two. Yeah, it never stops. It's, it's, both of us are very motivated, so it does work. That's why it's worked. I mean, you can put the two of us together. We look totally physically different. We talk different. It's different music and different stuff, but we've met in the wrestling and... Um, just his motivation to do stuff is where, where we've hit it off. You were saying about Carl McGraw before it cut out there, just about obviously yeah. you know what what he'd have in terms of history, photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And you were talking about obviously the kayfabe aspect that you know that, that that was part and parcel of that era. So yeah, sorry, Dave. No, it's all right. Well, Tingo, yeah, with Carl. Carl used to also wrestle with another Scotch guy now uh, called Finley Buchanan, and Finley Buchanan was in the Commonwealth Games for Greco-Roman wrestling. So I grew up with these, these teaching me all the legit stuff. And I didn't know that they were travelling around the country. Uh, Mark McGraw was the mighty atom. And Carl, uh, and he was the good guy, the face, selling all his own merch and stuff. And Finley Buchanan was going around as corporal punishment. And not one of them let it slip. I went to the Kirby Boxing Gym one time. I seen them running the ropes. And I walked in because I snuck in and went... What are you doing next? He knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler. He just told me, they told me, carry on being a top freestyle wrestler, top amateur wrestler, and one day you'll get approached, you'll be a good pro wrestler. So I've done that. And I went eight years unbeaten in freestyle wrestling from the age of 12 up until... Done. I had eight years on that, up until, yeah. So I went... And I was, I was like, around the age of like 15, 16, I was even thinking... Why am I getting approached about pro wrestling? There was just nothing about it. So I walked into the gym, like I said, the boxing gym one day. Finley Buchanan and Carl McGraw run the ropes. I'm like, <laughs> what's this shit? <laughs> so I was like, we're, like eh, we're just doing some mat wrestling. Do you know what I mean? I was like, that's, that's pro wrestling. Now you just ran the ropes. They were like, yeah. So they, uh, they showed me a bit then. And about Finley Buchanan, <laughs> he's the guy who broke my nose. If you can see the bend in my nose, he broke that when I was 12 with the face bar. Finley, but I broke me. He locked me in. I broke my own nose trying to escape like an idiot. So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, well, Finley went, so you want to be a pro wrestler? Now, this was in a boxing ring, by the way. It wasn't a pro wrestling ring. I never knew the difference. So he picked me up and all my body slam. And come here, take a body slam. I'm like, Go on. Body slam me first concussion I ever had in my life. I was just like in my lungs, just I was winded, like, oh, I don't want to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that was, uh, that was my introduction to when I was about 14, 15, yeah. Different time, totally different. I think it was yeah. me, me looking from the outside looking in. It, it was, it was like a, it was a rite of passage, wasn't it, back then? Yeah. Well, I had, it was around 15. 
Um, me and there's a guy called Robbie Bradshaw. Robbie was a year or two older than me, and I broke two me little fingers freestyle wrestling. So I I I, I was away from the wrestling for about a year, and then I see I was waiting to do a comp. I was on a comp then. Uh, oh no, I was probably about twelve. And when I, and I seen the paper, it was the Echo or something. Guy wins silver in British from KB Wrestling Club. I went, Whoa! Someone's doing a comp. He's only a bit older than me. So I went back and um, started schooling them and stuff. I was like angry and then started doing me comps and whatnot. Started claiming all my gold medals and stuff then. And um, what was it? Me and Robbie realised that we loved pro wrestling. We were enemies at first when I came back. It was like how he, he took me mantle well, in my absence, but then I, I reclaimed it. And then it was like, now we love people like the Ultimate Warrior, and he loved people doing backflips of the Rockers and stuff. And I loved all the technical wrestlers, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Ruffle, yeah, Johnny Saint. It was all like the, the really technical wrestlers. That was what I loved, but also I watched all the Japanese stuff. And I could always uh, I could perform a normal, uh, a correct German suplex. I could always do the bridge and stuff. I've always been able to do that since I was a kid. So I also loved the Japanese stuff. So that was like my style, the type of stuff I loved. So we clashed in that way, in a good way. Um, and we were going to the shows that were every fortnight. It was uh, Brian Dixon was doing the All-Star Wrestling in St. George's Hall in Liverpool every fortnight. Honestly, God, the shows were fantastic. The venues, gigantic. And uh, we had turned up. We just kept pestering, 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 pestering. Give us a trial. So they give us a trial. And uh, we'd done a match in the ring. Let's do a match. The guy was talking about how you should go up the ring and stuff, whatever. But still not letting uh, kayfabe die. It was kind of like, this is just for your safety. I mean, this is for your safety. It's for your safety. Now, even though we'd done a planned match, we did, still didn't think. We still thought professional wrestling was... We are still thinking it was half competitive, like some of them are competitive. And um, so as soon as we start, we just winged it. I gave him a dead hard slap in the face. <laughs> and he slapped me back. Robbie went, like that. So anyway, we hit this fucking... Sorry about the language. We hit this fantastic match. Yeah, yeah. Just bleep me out. Bleep me out, man. So um, <laughs> we had a fantastic match. It was like we started a lot of freestyle. I was hitting loads of Germans, Northern Lights and stuff. And, and then he was hitting, going to the top and he was doing... Backflips since like cross bodies and stuff, and then we done this fantastic match. And um, Brian Dixon came out the curtain clapping. He's like, "Now bear in mind, I'm 15. He's like 16, 17." And he went, "Absolutely fantastic, that general. Absolutely. Where did you learn to wrestle?" I'm like talking about Carl McGrath and all. Like, oh, Carl, yeah, Finley Buchanan. Oh, Finley, yes. And he was like, "Because we, we trained on the same people." And he done all like he loved all his flips and stuff. So you're going absolutely brilliant, fellas. Said for you, and pointed to Robbie. I went, I'm going to, the Power Rangers, this Power Rangers program's uh, very popular now, so I'm going to put you in a, the Red Power Rangers suit, and you're going to be a wrestling ranger. Now, that, that's got a lot of history too, because even Dean Ormark had the spell as the wrestling ranger <laughs> after that. So, yeah, so it's like, it's, it's kind of like our, our, our bootleg version of Juice and Lager. That's what it's. <laughs> so, uh, that's, yeah, it's got its own legacy. So he done that, and he went, and then he, he goes, and you, and he points to me, he said, I was remember, bear in mind, I was a little fat midget. I could fight and I could wrestle. <laughs> I had a baby face and I was like wider than I was tall. And he said, You, this is Brian Dixon, you look nine years of age, come back in about five years. Oh, I just flipped me lid. I was like, Oh, shit. Bloody hell, Dave. Yeah. Well, Tingo, um, Mason's on the show then. He's on the same age as me. Um, and he was, uh, he was. The 15 year old, and he went. I said, Well, get your 15 year old out here and I'll beat him up. Obviously, that's not how you do it. <laughs> and he was like, 
And then, but he's six foot two. He said, I don't care, I'll suplex him and all that. He said, it's, he said, don't. And everyone starts like laughing, even Robbie. They're like, don't worry about it. It's just, it's a visual thing. I mean, if I'd done it at 15 now and come into it, they'd probably accept me because, I mean, the standards have totally dropped on how you need to look now. I know it, that's a bit controversial for a lot of people because there's all, I get it. I'm not body shaming people at all for one minute, but I mean, the standards have dropped. I mean, you can look. People don't even question how you look now. It's just, um, but that's all it was. It was just a thing of my time because I look so childish in my face, and I was like a just basically I looked like a like a stereotypical lesbian with me buzz cut <laughs> and me little shirt, fucking very angry. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's. Uh, I just went away from it for a bit, and I was a bit lost, and then um, I ended up in, when I was nineteen. Now, bear in mind, me in wrestling, doing cats wrestling eight years then. So when I was 19, I was all tanned. I had a fantastic physique, not a pick of fat on me. I'd won every competition I'd been in. Uh, blonde by here, I had the lot. I looked the part, and I went to NWA UK. I'm a lock up in Kent. And we stayed there for a week-long camp. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. It was, it was good because, for, like, the first time I tried pro wrestling, I obviously didn't look the part. Second time I was there, we had the age range between 16 to 20. And uh, I, I, looked, I looked like the only one who trained. They actually did look all like kids. And, I, and they kept like, when, when they were doing the training matches there, they kept using me to, uh, they kept letting me win in all the matches as well because it looked the part and it was good. I won't go too much into that unless you ask me about it, but because there's, <laughs> there's a whole new chapter with regards to going to NWA UK, I'm a lock. But yeah, that was my first love. It was literally, it didn't, only because it didn't happen over there I mean for whatever reason you can quiz me about it in a minute but I was just left in limbo I think it was about 21 when I got off of the MMA fight then so I just took it and that's the only reason I ended up in MMA With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Literally the only reason. Did you did you feel like this, this is never going to happen then, going into MMA? What was your psyche... What was your psyche with the yeah. pro wrestling at that point? No, it, it was good. See, what it was, I, I, I will touch upon the, um, the NWA experience. Um, in short, I, I'm not a fan of bullies. There's no what, not, I'm not saying there's bullies there. Uh, for whatever reason, anyway, check. And he done, on the third or fourth day, Andre Baker, I was talking about it, it was his son, yeah. So anyway, Andre Baker's son, they were all great. Andre Baker's son, I don't know what his name is, he was probably a bit younger than me. I was 19. He was probably about 15, 16. So while we were all sleeping in the gym, he was putting toothpaste on people's faces by the door. So he'd done it once, one went, oh, stop that. And then he'd done it again. And it, I, was, I thought he was going to work his way around to my mate. I went, hey, you. He said, don't mind swearing. So I went, hey, you, you little fucker. Stop doing that. And he went, hey, it's my dad's gym. I'll do what I want. So I just gripped him by his neck and carried him down the After half seven, so I'd say bullies, man. And, and, and I'll always rectify them. Even if I'm not in the mood, I'll always physically rectify a bully. I'm never going to change that. So I've carried, I've gone down to where they were all smoking pot after half, after half seven. Probably everyone weren't smoking it, but after half seven, you couldn't go in the cafe because it was their time. 
So I just kicked the door and went, whoa, I went, told the jogger, put your jogger in the lead. You know, what's going on? But I shit myself there. I was, oh no. I went, I said, listen, I've paid good money to be here and I just want to impress you. I said, and he's put toothpaste on people's face and I can't sleep. So I kind of backtrack then. And I went, um, I said, sorry for it, it bursting like that. I said, just it was angering me. And he went, okay, just go upstairs, go back up to bed. So I went, I went back up. But I thought there was going to be like a scene like that. Is it McVicker? Oh no, it's Amber, is it Amber Hill or Full Metal Jacket where the old bathroom with soap in a sock. I thought I'll be sleeping in my sleeping bag, no, they'll come in with socks. <laughs> <laughs> and while I was lying there worrying about it, my eyes opened and it was morning. But it was a few days later, a few other things happened. I'm not, I think I just came across uh, the wrong way. Um, two of the girls there took a liking to me. I'm not going to say any more than that. And um, yeah, it was just um, people just weren't happy with me being like, I think they just wanted me to be a bit subservient. So they all done a. Um, the old ones, they went, uh, what we're going to do today? Not going to do pro wrestling, we're going to do some cats wrestling. Now, obviously, they didn't know I'd done cats wrestling eight years at the Snake Pit. So I went, um, they all went, okay. And I knew it was to me, I knew it was to teach me a lesson. Because, like, what these dudes used to stretch people. They wanted to stretch all us, they wanted to stretch me, that's what they wanted to do. So um, they were saying, uh, right, there's a bit of segregation here. Everyone's making little groups, but this is a team sport. It was bullshit what they were saying. He said, and the best way to um, become friends in an instance is, one, go for a bevy, but loads of these are too young, so you can't do that. <laughs> I said, or oh, two, have a good old ruckus. So he went, all right. And he weren't looking at me saying this. And I, I'm an expert in body language. I always have been just a natural thing. I started the door when I was young and I've just got onto stuff. And I'm, I'm just naturally observant to it. And he weren't looking at me, looking at everyone else. And I knew the net, when he offered someone to wrestle, there was a guy uh, next to John Ryan bouncing up and down, but just staring at me. Uh, Gaz, Jerry, <laughs> and he had one of them team Satan tops on that were out years ago, like the American football jerseys. You get them in red and um, like Team Six Six Six, and he's like bouncing up and down. Jerry, heads going, and he's like, just staring at me. And then he went, he went, go and have some cats wrestling matches. Who wants to go first? And he cut while I was there, he called me Scouse or Traps because I had big traps. And he went, uh, oh, how about you, Scouse? And I just went, so I was already prepped. So I went, okay. So then I shook hands with the lad, yeah, and he shot a double on me and I just spun round his back and choked him and he went to me he went oh god you're go uh, okay didn't expect that so he sat me down mm -hmm. he let someone else have a match Um, let someone else have a match and then it was just they, were, they didn't know what they were doing they were rolling around and he stopped and I remember one of the guys looked like Edge who was wrestling and he stopped me, oh no no he asked oh, you want another go so they had me another go same I just double legged someone else then I'm bad someone it was just it was like that for about three hours so I would have a break for a bit and then he'd let me go on and eventually <laughs> The cats wrestlers there, all the lads who thought he didn't catch. And then he got to a certain point. It was only John Ryan and Johnny Moss left. So I thought, I was just thinking, I was full of confidence. Then I thought, this hasn't gone the way you planned, has he? So I went, looks like it's only you two left now, lads. And John Ryan went, um, uh, I've got a bad knee. And Johnny uh, Moss has got a bad shoulder. I went, Let's, so I, I'll declare myself the winner uh, by default then. And he went, oh, John Ryan got a cob on. Went and he had the one of them phones, not the little circle, the dial. And he went and got on the phone. Bah, 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 bah. All right, everyone go and get a drink. And then we come back. Some guy came in called Young James, they called him. I've never seen him as a pro wrestler. I think, because they'd done Sambo there, I think he was the son of one of the guys who taught the Sambo there. But he had the big, long wrestling boots on, pro wrestlers, if he's a pro wrestler. So he's come in, so he brought a ringer in to wrestle me. 
So he started wrestling. He's kind of work a body lock, and I've just threw. I've done like a cross hip, like Haragoshi in judo. Big heavy throw, lands on my head, all the wind leaving. Ugh! And I'm trying to put him in a key lock with my leg. And his finger, his finger's creeping up into this eye, his left hand. No. Start, the eyes in my eye. So I grabbed his hand and put it in my mouth, bit it. Ah! <laughs> put him in a key lock and tapped him. And it was just moments of silence. I said, I even said to them, because I knew they were just trying to stretch me. I went, so are we done then? Are we done? He went, yeah, we're done. And literally, they wouldn't teach us for the next few days. Right, oh, just get in the ring and do what he wants. I thought, they they're gearing up to do me in here. They gear because it didn't. They're trying to get me back for like gripping uh, Andre Baker's lad. Well, so, I just thought it was that. And it was, um, I ended up getting my dad to come and get me like a day earlier. I said, Dad, I think you're going to do me in. And my dad was going, Oh, you'll be all right. You just do them all in. I went, No, you don't get it. There's loads of them. <laughs> so he ended up coming and picking me up. And it was then I, I phoned up, um, actually phoned the ball star. It was in 99. And I think I got, might have been Brian's missus or it was a lady. And uh, she went, sorry, you can't cut, you won't be able to come up. And I went, why is that? She said, she's been blacklisted. This was back in the day when they done it. There was like two wrestling schools in the country, three maybe. And um, they just said, you're blacklisted. They went, you're, you're known trouble causer. He said, known trouble causer, son. I went, whoa, I'm not, you know, it's like, I was gutted. I was just upset. And I, just, I was lost in limbo for a few years, to be honest, with the pro wrestling. And then it was like, literally, it took off while I was in the cusp of the MMA stuff. And I think in 2008, um, in 2008, nine, that's when I went back to, I went to RWA then. And um, that's where I first met Sam. Yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's where we first t- started talking about um, being a tag team stuff, because it was we just got on. And he was doing a lot of... Um, he was doing a lot of legit wrestling there. Sam was just letting people do legit wrestling stuff. And I mean, enough people there knew already what it was about. And it was like, and it was different still getting a cop on. He was like asking to lane. So I remember even with, um, with, um, God, with, um, trying to, I'm trying to use all their old names now. I try and use all their old names. Oh, what was, what was Zach, what was Gibbo called years ago? Zach Diamond. Yes. So even while he was there, we were, like, we were doing like a bit of chain wrestling, and I jumped and put a flying triangle on him. And he was like, oh, wow, that's excellent, that man, like doing all the mad head kicks and that. And that's how I met, that's how I met Gibbo as well, originally. But um, yeah, it was just a better, better, much, it was a better atmosphere. I know you've got to talk about it and hush tongues now, but I'm talking about when I was there. And um, it was good because we even done a match where we done basically me and Sam done um, like Steiner British stick and our finisher was... Uh, he was putting them on the on the top rope uh, on the on his shoulders, and I was doing the bulldog off the top rope. And um, there's another one where it teams up with the the hatchet. If you remember him, he was I don't even know where he is now. The, the wrestler, and we done it. Um, done a great tag team match. And I remember there's a bit of footage on YouTube somewhere. If you ever ask Liam Morris, he, he can he, he's always got a link to it on a really old phone. It's like it's like this. It's like this. <laughs> I had some terribly horrible looking clotheslines. I mean, in a good way. And then uh, I finished with the chairman suplex in it. So there's a little bit of footage, like before I came in. But it was literally, it was like um, just on the cusp when I was having the break, um, like the MMA stuff. I just, I was, like I said, my heart weren't in it. And again, without sound like, I don't want to sound like people like hear this. And you can probably pick this quote out. On its own, think, wow, what's he going on about? But MMA, I found a bit too easy. It wasn't, like, invigorating my mind enough. It was just like, I'd done it. It was like an office job to me. I'd done freestyle wrestling. Mm. I was serious. and had the passion for freestyle wrestling. And because of me freestyle wrestling and a box since I was seven, I just found, I just found like I was ahead of people because of that. 
and it was just there was no, and it was like the long waiting rounds, like having no one talking in backgrounds, and there's not many personalities in MMA as well. It's like very boring. The backstage is boring. It's like you're missing a whole day. And I was a dad since I was two, since I was 21. So it was like I was missing out a full day with my kids. You know what I mean? And it just wouldn't be. It just weren't worth. Especially when I first started, the money was terrible. You had to have the passion to carry on with it. And I literally only fought when I needed money anyway. I didn't per se. People always say have a career, and it hasn't really ended now. It's we need money. Need money, like usually went leaves Christmas. If you look, loads of me fights are in December, <laughs> so it's uh, or November, um, and that's all I've ever done it for. But me, like, the, me love was it always was with pro wrestling. I mean, I'm in and out, in and out watching it, but from the era, I can always watch the stuff I grew up with, and like up until the 90s, up to like early 2000s. But yeah, that is like I always stop and start. I stopped watching WWE recently again because because they had like a I like a rap group in it, and everyone should know by now. I absolutely despise rap, and uh, just despise. <laughs> is, that, yeah, and, uh, is that where you and Jay don't coagulate the yeah, rap? Absolutely don't mix. Uh, I mean, uh, it's coming round. I'm because uh, what is? I, I I'm not one of them who just goes. I hate it. Why? I just hate it. I yeah. always explain why. You know what yeah. I mean? And then when people like, because people have a reaction. Oh, it's great. We'll say, okay, let's put some let's put some uh, rules in place. Said, so you tell me why it's good. What are we judging it by? And then we go, bum, 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 bum. And then when, at the end of it, they always go, well, yeah, you, you might be right, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I said, even if I liked it, I'd still make myself hate it. But again, we'll, we'll use that for another podcast because that is that is that is a whole like that's a whole psychological profile of a music genre. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think because you've touched upon WWE. What about how do you feel with AEW? Do you think they're, they're a viable commodity? Uh, you know, Shad, Shad Khan is worth four times as much as Vince. Now, I know they don't... Yeah. It's, it's sponsorship. I get all that. They won't use their own personal wealth if they can help it. Yeah. Do, do you think AEW will still be here in, in another, you know, another decade? Let's, let's put that in as a time frame. Yeah, I mean, hopefully as well. Because it is... When you watch it, it is... Now, it's a mixture. Again, it's just me. You can't watch a wrestling show like everything in it. But there's a lot of the things I do absolutely hate now. And we're allowed to hate stuff. We're allowed to not like stuff. It's not a big deal. I know everyone wants to... People try and fit in and show that they're all liking the same thing and on the same... They're all on the same boat. But no, there's, there's things I hate. It's like... It's like... Um, the wrestling itself, Kenny Omega is definitely one of my favourites. And I love how... I know he's, he's kind of become like a power unto himself, but... It's like Cody Rhodes since he went there, his gimmick is better, and there's, there's a lot more quality, and it is very um, making the fans happy, and and the the respect uh, the talent uh, as they should. I, I think it's fantastic. It's only I think it's only going to be egos of some of the wrestlers that run it might wreck it. Think it like like along the lines with Cody Rhodes, he seems like a seems like a separate entity to the rest of the roster. Um, it just might be something like that. But hopefully it will. I mean, as it stands, I'd say yeah. They've got to stop buying people in now because it's just going to be. Oh, it's come, Dave. Yeah. You can't physically keep doing that either. It's just uh, the roster. I, I, I've said all along. It's great the additions they've had, but it, it's getting a bit beyond the joke now because yeah. you can't. You know, people are getting lost in the shuffle, which is obvious and evident. You know, you, you, you're Brian Cages and people are. You know, legit like yeah. a legit guy. And, and yeah, there's got to come a time where they say, right, enough's enough, but they just keep bringing people in. Yeah. 
Well, see, that, see, that's the problem. See, that's the thing now. That's what WCW done. Mm. He brought everyone in, gave them lucrative contracts, and they couldn't uphold it. It was just, um, yeah, that's a, they've just got to watch about doing that. I mean, doing the crossovers with other promotions was fantastic. It made me start watching TNA a little bit again. Because I was watching it for a bit, and to be honest, it just it was just my timetable why we ain't catching it anymore. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've I actually have always liked TNA. I've always liked it because um, we got to see again. We got like to see like a third a rejuvenation of loads of the legends before they retired. And I loved it. I loved all the angle stuff. I loved it. It was it was great. Now that they've come in with them, I love anything like that cross promotions. I love seeing other promotions belts. I've always loved it on. So the invasion angle for me was absolutely amazing. Obviously, it went hit to its full potential, but it's stuff like that I absolutely love. I mean, it, I think, yeah, we'll stay with your point. Um, I, I, do, I do still think it'll uh, be around. It'll have to take some major um, egotistical flare-up or something like that to, to wreck it. But otherwise, no, I think it, it, it will be around. It's just, it's getting that, it's getting the bravery and then to move to a bigger venue and stuff then and make it like, so, because as you know, during the lockdown, you can tell how much fans are important to pro wrestling. Like I was gutted for um, Drew McIntyre winning a belt, winning a belt in an empty studio. That's got to have killed it. That's got to. That'll come back to him in years later and send them from. You'll be in a straight jacket years ago, like I won my first belt in an empty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can imagine it being. You know what I mean? So it's um, even now in front of a crowd, probably feels like he's never held a belt in front of a crowd. So it's like, it's a bit, it's surreal, isn't it? So um, I think that's all it is. So once they do these big shows, they they go into a nice formula where they do big shows. And it seems like it's only ever, it was only ever Vince McMahon that nailed that. How you fill out a big show. But again, a lot of it's lying about having a full show, isn't it? That's partly, that's part and parcel of it. You've got to lie about your numbers a little bit. The, the, the model with the pay-per-views as well you know I, I'm, I was I was corrected on it actually I was like why can't they do eight a year because it'll probably lose its luster doing the four like the old school you know they're not they're not they're not going to follow WWE are they with 12 I know WWE followed Bischoff's model years prior up in the pay-per-views but it, I got pulled up on it and they're right what they were saying four four is perfect as you're saying because the pay-per-views have been incredible five star aren't they most of the matches yeah, spot on. See, it's just the only thing I just can't buy into. Do you, um, do you like the way they've got loads of... It's all right. You can, you can be small. I mean, my height's only small. But I, I just made up, made sure I packed on a load of muscle. <laughs> that was the difference. So it's like, it used to be a, a gimmick being the smaller guy. It's like uh, one, two, three kids. And when he came in, he beat raising them on. And he was literally the only, like, smaller guy. And But what it is, it's like... Um, I've spoken to loads of wrestlers with regard to this. I mean, you can be slim and you can be muscular and you can be fat, be tall or small, but you can't look weak. You just can't look weak. And again, it's I'd like there's a lot of these, a lot of people who are into pro wrestling that only do pro wrestling. Why don't they spend a bit of time training? Because uh, I mean, I, this is where I split everyone down the middle. That's why I can't buy into Kevin Owens. I can't buy into it, and and that's only because I mean, and AEW we've got a lot of them. So I can't. I mean. I'm never denying people's talents whatsoever, like the young books and that. I just can't buy into them just being mm. like vi- viable pow- like power players. It's the same with Adam Cole. He- he's like he's like the next like de- degradation of wrestlers. Now he's even skinnier again. It's like he's purposely tried to go even littler than littler than naturally skinny. 
It's just, I just can't. <laughs> I like to see as a showpiece because you still look at wrestlers like, whoa, look at these superheroes. I know it's coming away from me and loads of people. It's like CM Punk's against the, the because um, I'm half in with him, half out. Now he's against the whole training thing because you don't need some old talent, but it's not. I've always said it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a triforce. Speaking, talent and look. That's it. And loads of people, I mean, across the board, a lot of people have agreed with, agreed with me with that. And I'm not looking for people to agree with me. It's just my outlook with it. Um, it's even like when you see uh, me and Jay book our book Superstar, we do a joint booking. People have said it wouldn't work, but we've got our own systems. We're innovating how we promote. We're trying new things, totally different from TNT. Um, I've pulled um, ideas from the MMA stuff. Even my show, Jigoku, is a different yeah. type of martial arts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I do a different pay scheme. And it's just, I, I just do it with all with incentive. Incentive for everyone to make dough. Even though potentially if I filled out a show with no, with, without my system, I'd get twice as much money, mm. but it's not. It's so it, everyone comes away with something. It's, it's, it's interesting you saying yeah. that, Dave. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. That's good. That's good on your part. You know, you, you want it. You want it to succeed, don't you? The promotion. Yeah. Well, me and Jay, because me and Jay, but again, because we, we've got different outlooks on wrestlers. We like. I mean, even now, you can even ask him personally. I, I was like asking why, like, like, why he looks at certain wrestlers a certain way, and, but it ends up being a good conversation. It's not like me berating anyone or vice versa. I just like to find out why. I like to find out people's perspective on stuff and why. And if you look at our card, you, can, you could usually tell now, if you understand that we book half each, we book half of the show each, that's what we do, like half of the card each, and it does work. Now, what I do, because he likes to move on it nice and quick, I see what he wants to do, and we're going to control different titles as well on the show. So, And it does work. It works. I don't think anyone else does this. But um, you can actually see my my side of booking and his side of booking. You'll see why. And again, it's not like a body shame thing, but I think everyone should look the part as well. Especially if you're getting if you're charging money for to have pictures with kids at the end. You want like someone to look at the picture and go, Oh god, that must be a wrestler. Not like look at that kid sitting with another random kid. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. I know um like I said, it's it's I know times are different now, but I'm trying to bring a little bit of that old school mentality into it. And I still watch it. That's how I watch wrestling because I am a little bit of a dinosaur now with it. I, when, I can't buy into like I can't buy into the... Is it Adam Cole? can't buy into him. I can't buy into the, um, uh, Kev, Kevin Owens because he's meant to be this... It'd be good if he, like, he brought him as a white... Mikey Whipwreck, remember him? I he, do. Of course I do. Yeah. Because yeah. that works. That works. Like Paul Heyman booking. That works. Someone who can't possibly win. He can't win, but he just—he's getting beat up to death, and then he gets like a, a move that'd work for everyone. But to come in as a full hard case. I mean, you can have a pop belly, but he's not exactly a tank habit from like the UFC. <laughs> tank habit, a big chest <laughs> and big muscular arm, a big belly, sure. and could knock people out. And he could—he walked like a, he could fight and stood. Um, because there's something um, 
I'm big into this while teaching me uh, martial arts. There's intelligence is split into nine parts, and one of them is bodily kinesthetic intelligence. And that is just your natural coordination when it comes to fighting and pro wrestling and stuff like that. Some people can actually do it, some people can't. And you can't really learn it. And like the way Kevin Owens walks now, you can tell, it's me, I can tell, not one else, I'm really going in depth with it. But he walks like he's not, he's not, he's not tough. He walks like awkward, like a bit of a penguin. His gait and steps little and he moves awkward naturally when he's not actually wrestling. He, like the way he holds himself and that. And I just can't buy into it. I see right through it. I see right through it. But like, there's like people who haven't been, um, who haven't been, who, who've got all this and just ne never been given the time. And it re sometimes, the only time I leave, I leave watching modern pro wrestling is when you've got these people who are just, uh, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, um, Robin, Robbie Roode now it's like it's just you, he, with the with the glorious song and all that uh, Robert Roode yeah so he, he, he just couldn't you could have made him in the title picture ages ago and he's just and he, he's he's a good talent and he can talk and he looks the part and moves well but they're just not doing anything with him him and, just, it, him, and James, him and James Storm going back to beer money, like what a what a tag team. Like, you know, let's just yeah. let's let's have it right here. It was bangers. Yeah. It was bangers every every time, wasn't it? You know, I know you had like Motor City machine guns and people like that, you know, going up against them. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree. They just they get these guys in. Oh, we'll get him away from where he is, but what are they actually endeavouring to do? They don't make him into stars because they've been stars elsewhere. Um like Scott Stein and stuff, but they look after themselves, they train hard, and then they're getting, someone's getting put over, like the Usos get put over on them, and the Usos just look like two lads who hang around Breton shops, it's just insanity, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just there, I know they're good, but people are looking at the, just the talent side now, because you can still have wrestlers in there who are not good workers, you don't have years who, are, who look the part and talk good, at least they've got two, and you can put on a, a, a passable match, you can't just say just Andy look absolutely disgusting, but the the, the the wrestle great. But then see everything's getting out overshadowed by talent thing. And I've I've heard like these young lads arguing about it or having conversations about it in these back rooms and stuff. But again, if you look in, in good shape, like me when me and Sam before the lockdown, we were doing got dog's wife, I was going, What old are you? Oh, what do you do to train all that? And people do get a little bit in awe when someone's in good shape. Do you know what I mean? And um if that should be part of it because Carl gets a little bit whoa he's not normal he's going to kill people that's, it's kind of like that sorry I've gone on to a talk I've gone on to a that, I just thought that's my that's my, that's my I like it no I like wrestling. no I like the fact that you're honest and open about it and, uh, yeah. and how, how you feel that's, that's what you're on for you know absolutely yeah. what about before we go into Superstar and how well it's been going because I want to talk about yeah. it being part of commentary of Angus and being around everyone great vibe what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on MJF? That's one I wanted to ask you about. Um, he's like, I think it's just, you no, know, he's fantastic, but it's like when I used to see, um, not not obviously different style, but when I used to see uh, Chris Jericho in WCW, and I just thought, oh, when he gets to a bigger stage, or, and do you know what I mean? Or, I mean, it's, it's, he was in, I think he was in his best shape when he was in WCW anyway. But I think, again, with MJF, I think get him on a training regime, a bit of a better training regime, get him in better shape. And I think, I think he'll, he's fantastic, but I think he, it's just there's so much more potential if when he's a bit more older and a bit more grizzled. His face is still like baby face, isn't it? But he is, it's, it's, it's great. It's like, um, it's, it's like he just, 
it's that it's it's all about reaction. It's crowd interaction, and again, that's why I'm big on physiques as well because it is. It's everything. Everything he does, uh, people are buying into it. So it's just, um, yeah, it's one of the good. It's one of the good parts of modern pro wrestling at the minute. MJF. I can't wait for him to pull the trigger on Wardlow. You know, and he's yeah. got, you know, and he's got really nasty with Wardlow, and you just know yeah. it's coming. And I think that lad, that, <laughs> that lad's another, another one. You know, physique. You, you, you could, you could have him as the baby face. You know, he's going to be more so as a heel. But I think he could do both. But there again, he hasn't got a voice because he's never had a voice as the MJF's done always yeah. done the talking. But you know, him and Cody in the cage in 2019, and everyone's like, "What's this Wardlow about?" And he acquitted himself well in the cage. You know, he, exceed, yeah. he exceeded what I thought he could do. But I think it's giving it's giving the lad a voice, unless they put like a Paul Heyman with him. It, you know, if he does go on yeah. his own, and they've got someone, you know, as a as a mouthpiece for him, like they do with Lesnar, and, and, Ro- and Roman, and Roman to a certain yeah. extent. I know he does get on the mic, but Heyman's there, isn't he? His insurance policy yeah. to get him over. I mean, yeah, he has. He's he's gone better. I mean, loads. Of, I think. I think what it is now. I think the uh, again. It's another thing I've heard about, like, um, older, older, not giving chances to younger. But it's the same with me with MMA. I'm going to MMA tomorrow and getting the ranking system. I'm totally confident that I spar at least four times every week still with these up-and-coming lads. Until I get knocked off the pitch, I should remain there. But it's the same with pro wrestlers. So, I mean, you can't moan about chances. You moan about It's like, that's why I love it, Jordan Black. Young wrestler from uh, the British scene because he like he does a bit of legit as well, mm. and he says the reason why he does the fighting is like he said, loves it. But you're in control if you want to succeed. You can succeed if you want it. But like obviously people get a bit frustrated with pro wrestling field they're not getting bookings and that. But that's another thing why I think winning and losing does matter in pro wrestling. I'm not saying I've pulled any <laughs> myself, but it's like people go on the show and go, oh, it doesn't matter. And he just lets Trump beat them on a show and whatever and. There's no one's watching anyone else's shows and there's no there's no continuity. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll get someone who's a champ on one show, but he's on someone other another three shows and he's just like a jobber. Um I mean they are getting given free reign in, in matches to do whatever they do. But then you get see I've been adding bits of story and superstar as well. Just little um, high spots and stuff. Please put this into uh, carry on the story. Cause I, bear in mind people don't realise I was writing. Um, uh, TV for like Channel 5 now for a few years uh, never got paid and all my stuff got plagiarised but anyway um, <laughs> I had to you could have had and, uh, you could have had some, some big money there had it not been plagiarised yeah. no no I'd done something about uh, Dorman and it was a totally poignant masterpiece and they just changed it to a cheap programme called Hens Behaving Badly. If you ever find, find out, I'm a, if you ever find it, I'm, I'm on every episode as well. Only, I, I've, I think I, I got video for about an hour, but it was my original idea. I went for a meeting with Subi and he just ruined it. It was proper poignant. It was about uh, stereotypes and um, the social ideologies and where stereotypes come from about dorm and what it's really all about, what it takes, the stresses of it and blah, 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 blah. And not, not all the same, but it was just poignant. It was just a, a sociological piece, if you will. And, they just changed it into a, an absolute kids' party of a program. It was ridiculous, but um, so but I had a lot of creativity into like the stories and stuff, especially on our next show. Uh, there's a lot of there's a we're going to change the polarity on a lot of uh, a lot of the wrestlers. Change it. That's all I'm saying. Like, but um, yeah, I think I've lost my point where I was. But anyway, it's important that the story's important. I can't think what I was what I was originally on. I, I digress. 
about three times, Stu, and I always do. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Dave. That's what I like about it. We go, we go every which way, which is, which is fine, fine by me, absolutely. Yeah, so I think we've got to talk about Superstar because we've got show five coming up on, on, on the 11th Superstarcade, but how do you feel it's gone so far, the first four shows? Uh, yeah, just your, your thoughts, because, you know, you've been, you've been doing it with Jay, you've been booking, it's your, it's your baby. Yeah. And considering where we were, you know, shows being delayed because of COVID, I think, you know, the fact that you ran a show in June when it was still a bit up in the air, wasn't it? But it, it, was, it, was, a, yeah. it was a success, Dave. There was still plenty of people yeah. at the Kirby Sports Bar. The trick with that, again, this is where me and Jay meet, like, like we're mirror images of each other. We don't fear stuff. We're not fearful. We don't start thinking something's going to fail. We just think about the, just get our eyes on the prize. Just think about the goal. <laughs> we just go for it. And, and like I said, when it was all, all, um, all uh, the red tape with regards to COVID, we just hammered it. Well, Jay hammered it mostly in one day. All the rigmarole, everything we need to do. And if people came in and the tests we have to do, we just got it all in place. And what it is, we don't go, oh, I don't get a headache. Like a lot of people are, oh, I can't be bothered doing this because we just go, get it done. We're sorted. Now let's do the show. Let's get back and forth. We don't let anything bring us down or anything in the way. He keeps putting um, cryptos, very, um, very not male, <laughs> um, very unmale quotes online. Always very cryptic. And people keep thinking he's falling out with me, but he's not. I even wrote something the other day. He said it's about like working with people. I said, because the system we've got in place. We start to find out who like the prima donnas are and stuff. And what you've got to do, is not just pro wrestling, but the fighting. Never put yourself on a pedestal and keep yourself uh, working hard and just put a bit of footwork in. Don't expect everything just to come to you. Well, you know, yeah. people get found out, don't they, Dave? And if you're not bound to, if you're not bound to earth, I, it's... Well, you know about. I mean, I won't mention it on here, but you know about uh, our payment scheme, and a lot of people start to start to copy it now, which I expected. But like I said, we don't emulate, we just innovate. And we done it with the pay scheme. Because it's all right, people getting like whatever money for like pets or whatever. But I said, look, do you want to be a professional wrestler? The professional means getting paid. I said, here's an opportunity to get in our show and get paid money. Now, I know he doesn't mind me saying it, but RJ, RP Davis, I went to say RJ Silver though, because he's my mate. He's always on my mind, that kid. So um, he's my enemy though. K Fabe is my enemy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I've probably wrestled in most than anyone at the minute as, as it stands but um, yeah uh, R.P. Davis earned £175 on our show now I'm not going into what the system is but that's what he earned and that was all his own doing it was just our system in place so like I said if anyone wants to come and try and earn that if you think you can earn that money you, you, you come and earn it on our show so anyway um, yeah but just because of that system we found out a lot of people just not willing not willing to put the effort in, they just want to, just want to get like they're so happy with like just existing. They want to exist, get a little bit of a thing for the, the for the, the little bit of petrol money, and it's all right if they say, "I'll come and wrestle with petrol money," but they go, "Oh, I only do it for this. I don't want to sell tickets. I don't want to do this. I don't want to promote. I don't want to do that." And it's just you can see now, just, just, just they haven't got that zest. And what we've been left with now on our show with everyone who wants to do that. We've just got loads of people who are in. It's like, listen, I'm going to give a shout out to Isaac North because I said to him, I even said, look, this is another reason I said winning and losing doesn't matter because he go on shows and like a two professional, he's not bothered he puts people over. But that's what he's doing on shows all the time. He's won every match on our show mm. and ever since that. And we've booked him strong, let him work as much as he wants to be strong because his character, he puts so much into it. 
And now he's, he was on Rise not long. Then he's on TNT as well. He said he's getting booked stronger than them all. So it does make a difference. I, I, mean, I don't want everyone to start being prima donna and start saying I want to win. But it does make a difference. That's why, and again, modern wrestling, they, they all want clean finishes. I don't necessarily think you need clean finishes and everything. Get some count outs, make the... Because it's not to me now. Big E, WWE champ, just got pinned the other day in a non... It's it, it, great to see him, the two champs fighting. But it's not for a belt. It's not for any reason. He's been pinned now. He's a, he's a beatable champ. It's just... It was different back in the day. It was something if Hulk Hogan got pinned, Ultimate Warrior got pinned. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. You've got to start making... Make hierarchy of wrestlers. I know it's nice everyone can beat everyone, but like Roman Reigns, see? It'll be a big deal when he gets pinned now. So he's been pinned for ages. So making a big deal. That's what you've got to do. I think that's what's lacking with wrestling. So I expect to see a bit more of that on my side of the booking. But uh, yeah, the next show, Superstar, we're having a rumble to crown our first champion. <laughs> so um, that, should be, that should be spiffing, yeah. And, and we're actually going to book it out. Like, a lot of shows, I've done loads of rumbles and basically he let you just run with it and they'll just go, um, again, ruining kayfabe, yeah. All stories for the future shows within the Rumble. That is going to be our main match. This is going to be our, where Sam's going to get popcorn and cheer when your wrestler comes in or boo and you get thrown out. It's it's going to have story. It's going to have loads of instructions to new factions slash wrestlers in this one. So that's what we're looking at now. It's really building. I'm looking forward to it. It's really building now, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting on, on the comms with Angus for it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how that one plays out. Yeah, I love it. I just, um, I just thought my mate Barry does better because he's just, uh, he's not having a good time, was he? He was in that extreme field the other day and got covered in, I missed the match, like, I didn't see it myself, but he got covered in cream, got covered in cream by that Isaac. I mean, he's lovely out of the ring. He's a nightmare in the ring, that Isaac North, I tell you. Um, he did get it in the plums, though, with a, a crusty baguette. So he got one one shot. He got another two counts as well, Barry. He got another two count, which was good. He's happy with that, you see. Absolutely, absolutely. And when the custard creams come out and you're on commentary and someone gets harpooned and it, the, the custard cream bloody pelted my uh, knee underneath the commentary table. It was from, <laughs> it was from with such ferocity. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's just because um, me and Jay are in the grill position in the back. When everyone goes home, I'm the one who's got to clean it all up. So, um, yeah, I wish you'd, I wish you'd p- bring a different snack to the ring, but <laughs> that's what you feel comfortable with. So, there we have it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, Superstar Pro, look look forward to being at the show in a couple couple of weeks away now, Dave. We're nearly, we're nearly there, yeah. aren't we? We're nearly there. They, yeah. they, come around, yeah. they come around fast, don't they? So, yeah. And also, I just want to say the, the vibe as well, Dave. You know, you hear about, you know, the wrestling business and stuff, you know, I've heard from the outside, but... Mm-hmm. The vibe amongst everyone's great as well, you know. It's literally, it's like I said, it's not just it. it it's without oh, sounding cheesy, it, it, there's no iron team. No, it is. It's the team effort. It's like we've we've we had our eyes on certain wrestlers. Jared eyes on his is. Um, but can I just say as well, just for because he's never thanked me on this. Joe, all our standout, um, our standout talents that got onto TNT off our show have all been the ones I've booked. Fair <laughs> man. <laughs> Ah, he's not yes. going to lie, he's not going to lie no, that one. You have, have to swallow that one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's listed because, like I said, I was touching upon Isaac North before, I didn't say enough what it was. Like, he'll be there first, he'll build the ring, he'll have dismantle it. When we've had a few issues, we've dealt fix it. He's, um, 
he's always got tools in his van. He was cutting down a board last time. Uh, he loves it. There's a lot. They're all like that. They're literally all like that. And um, like I said, RP Davis came on last time, first time I spoke to him. I was meant to do something with him in Wrestle Island, but I ended up poisoning myself in work. So uh, I do fire protection. I was <laughs> I was in a loft with, low, uh, with no with no uh, air coming in, in waiting Fuck. chemicals about two hours. Fucking hell, babe. <laughs> Shit. God. Fuck hey, me. Listen, I would have killed me, lesser man. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was just, I was ill, man. I was ill. So I didn't end up getting to do it, but I met him at our show, which was good. Um, it's literally, like I said, the system we got in place, like the, the wage system and stuff, it's filtered out a, a lot of like egotistical behaviour. And all we've got left is people who buzz off each other's um off each other's uh, just uh, vibe and gimmicks and and even like me and Steve Connor talking about about ideas and stuff and going into the future. It's like I don't mean like back to the future, not time traveling, <laughs> but yeah, we talk about our gimmicks and stuff and um, it's it's just it, it, everyone's talking about our stuff and uh, like at the minute, I think one of my favorite wrestlers now uh, everyone can call me sexist because I was never a fan of female wrestler. I mean, I was for a bit. I do like Oscar. Love her. Love her style. I love that when Alundra Blaze was in it. I love Paul Nakano even more years ago. I love all the Japanese women wrestlers. Um, like the majority of them. But I weren't a fan of like the WWE style. Um, I absolutely despise Charlotte Flair. Just despise her. An ego just burst out of the TV. It's like, oh, big day, stand up my neck. I've got to get rid of it. So, but my, probably one of my favourite wrestlers on um, the roster at the minute is Bryony Johnson. It's just, honest God, and it's not just because of the, not just because of the, um, the matches being put on, because she works great with the girls being having on. Um, it's the matches, because so Steve Connor, when we had Claw up in Wigan for a bit, because we're opening Liverpool soon, aren't we? Um, when we had Claw up, the, the training matches, they done, were just unreal. Absolutely unreal. And it was just, it was crazy when we first opened, and like, some of the stuff that was going down in training matches, but yeah, it's just like the way she just she can just she can totally hang with uh, the dudes as well. It doesn't look out of place and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just yeah. So it's like can't say enough about it. It's absolutely spot on. We have to put in the dudes division now. Start fighting for the world title after the rumble. If she's not in it, mind you, if she's not in it. <laughs> we will soon find out. We will soon find out. Yes, the superstar pro. Saturday, December the eleventh. Yeah, I'm I'm we're in for Zachary, aren't we? The long more long more tavern for our new venue day. Yeah, we have had to go bigger. We've had to go bigger. So I look we keep it um, even if you've watched the superstar uh, show before, we've had loads who come in. It's like if you look like the crowd, it doesn't even look uh, full, but we've sold every ticket out. So if everyone comes in, we couldn't have sold any more, and people turn up to the door, and we didn't have any more space, but there's a lot of space we weren't taking up, but we did on the last two shows, we sold um, every ticket. So um, we've gone bigger. It doesn't matter if, if it still happens, because a lot of people, especially when you're buying tickets to the wrestlers like Harpy Davis, half of the people, uh, well, about two-thirds, I think, couldn't make it, because he's not from around here. Um He's not local. He's not local. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, we, we get a lot of that. So just in case, we've gone for a bigger venue. And we did buy a, um, a hot dog machine stuff to use. And we can never use, we're allowed to use it in Kirby. But this this new venue's got its own popcorn, hot dog, ice cream facility in the corner at the venue too. Uh, we can also store our ring there now, so it's never going to be an issue. And eventually, if you want to, we can even put a bigger ring in there based on the size. 
So there's loads of options for it, and the people there are just open for most ideas. They've even talked about putting Jigoku on in there. So when me and Jay don't put our other ring up from London, we'll um, don't don't be surprised if you see some of the Jigoku's in there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. My nephew's coming to the show. It's our next one. So yeah, he'll have, a, he'll have his popcorn, oh, I'm yes. sure. Ideal. Ideal. Get him into it a bit more. And, and the fact, you know, you're right in on the action. You know what I mean? You can't, it's, you can't buy that, can you? Yeah. No, it's just um, like I say, it's just it's we like we run it without the like the boarding side for us to deal with all the safeguarding issues and all that. That was because we could have started the show a few months earlier, but it was literally we, we just needed to get all this stuff in place. We need to find out. Obviously, um I think it went a bit I know there was a speaking out moving for a certain reason, but personally I feel it went too far with stuff. Mm. I said I've spoken to people, I'm very open about this. It went a bit too far. I mean, at the beginning it was totally needed and a few things, but then it it, it went too it went on too long and some people nearly got in trouble who um we shouldn't have really been in trouble, like misunderstandings and that's all that's why it can be dangerous stuff like that. But because of that, uh, we had safeguards for all that all that stuff. Obviously, with the COVID stuff, we had to, we had to have to be on, on the spot because it's something like that. You can be, have the greatest show in the world, but something as simple as that can break you down, bring you down. No needs one person whose favourite pastime is moaning about something, and you can moan enough, and someone will pair their ears up and someone up. So we had, to, we had to do our own investigating on everything. Every single wrestler we have on is absolute an absolute diamond anyway, so uh, we're in a good place. Um, we're... we're we're increasing it all the time, getting more and more people. And again, if you want to get on, you want to speak to me, come to me with some fantastic ideas because I'm all about creative. I'm all about keeping stories. I mean, Jay likes to be show to show. I like something like, like the, you know, the build-up and the payoff. Old school way of doing it. I'm, I'm, I like that. I like building up. Even if someone, you could have someone losing on a show, two shows, three shows, and all of a sudden, uh, it seems like, Yesterday it was happening and then in the title picture. It's like, I do proper build-up to stuff because I do love, it's mostly like the creative side. I love clever finishes. I love, um, I love, I love trying to keep everyone strong until it means something to make someone else look strong. It's just, it's, it's a balancing act and it's easy to just go, ah, oh, you're over him, you're over him, you're over him. But no, it's um, just trying to do it right. It's my first, if uh, foray is that the right word into pro wrestling uh, promotion, and I just want to get it done right. I want to try and do it. I'm not saying I'm going to do it better than everyone else. I just don't want to want it to be like that to become like MMA was like an office job. So I mean, it's just oh, formula. Oh, it's really it's going to train. It's good to good to yeah. hear, Dave. It's good, to, you know, it's good to hear that you're going, you know, the direction you're going with it, and uh, it's it's refreshing, as you say. You know, stuff's just recycled, recycled in it, you know, the way they do stuff. I, I totally, no, I think it's testament to you and Jay, you know, wanting to be different, you know, when it's not necessarily, you know, the way promoters go these days. They just copy, they just copy, don't they? 
Yeah, no, that's that's what it is. And again, uh, what I noticed how they could use to copy champions. So I wanted to have a belt. I mean, my mate Dan, uh, Dan Evans is my very good friend. And they won a belt on one show. And then I think they had like three or four belts, didn't they? On different shows. But I think that's why why Steve Saxon then booked them for us to go over on them on our show. He said, Cause look, because even Steve, Steve Saxon was great, like great minds with pro wrestling. So he, was, he even said to me, he said, look, I was a single competitor. Said you'll be getting booked on shows because you're MMA athletes. They'll make you look strong. They'll cheat you in a match. They'll never have your back. And it's only about five or six shows like that. But did make me look strong. Let me beat them up. Didn't even ask how long I've been doing pro wrestling. Just thought it was this uh, low head from uh, MMA. And going bump, 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 win, get rolled up in a pin, and then you'll never have your back. So I thought, what's the point in that? Do you know what I mean? And most of the time I do it for free. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes they'd force like twenty quid on you. I'm okay. But like Steve Saxon, like I said, he noticed he noticed his patterns with the other shows. And he said, he said, like, uh, Merseyside, Murder Squad, proper name, not Mercenary. I've still got the t shirt, by the way. That's why I think they got them in for us to go over them in, in, in BWP because they had belts and everything else. That makes our belts look great, even though it's not in conjunction with the other shows. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah, a yeah, clever book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to try and do that, too. We're going to try and do stuff like that. I'm going to. Because Jay doesn't tend to really watch other people's shows. I actually still visit other people's shows. I'm actually going to um, going to the Jay Fab show to see uh, Tom just to because uh, they've got loads of shows every day in that um, Barney Rubbles out like, outside shows every day. So I'm only picking uh, a few bits up off them, but I'm got I talk to them all. I go and see them. I was going to the Mister Drill show in Ormskirk recently because I love going down to Ormskirk. So I still I go to them. It's a good fun. It was good, mate. It was good. I'd absolutely, absolutely living and breathing it. And uh, yeah, Dave, I'm going to take a full 360. We're going to go right back here. Right? Favourite matches. Now, I know there could be countless. <laughs> there could be hundreds. There could be hundreds, Dave. I know there will be. I'm the set. I've put you, I've put you on the spot. Here's yeah. old, tell me the number. No, I love it. Go, oh, how many matches are we picking? How many matches? I'll give it... Let, Let's get it. Let's get it into free. Let's get it into free yeah. off the top of your head. I know it's hard. I know it's hard pigeonholing. No, it's not, it's not one bit. Two, three and two will be hard. One of my all-time favorite. Now listen, I don't want to bore people. It does bore people when you talk too far back. You can pick. You can pick any Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat match for the NWA title. Any of them. Any of them. Even go like go into the other promotions where they were wrestling. You can pick any of them. They're absolutely clinics. They're absolute clinics of matches. So, um, and again, I don't want to be too formulaic as well and pick everyone's matches because I do love the Ricky the Dragon um, macho match from uh, WrestleMania 3. That is fantastic. I'll put, I'll put that as three for now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good. In, it's a good in. It's a, yeah. It's just, it's just the storytelling, the timing, the finish. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. So, um, even Jericho's story about when he was doing, he was doing the house shows. He was doing the house shows with Ricky the Dragon, and he, he kept going over Ricky. And then he was in right Ricky's hometown, and he said WrestleMania three finish. And he went meant to. He said Vince was pissed, but he said he's just done WrestleMania three finish. He's done it, and Ricky, Ricky the Dragon steamboat once, boss. So, um. God, number two, I'm gonna have to. I can't. I, sh- I shouldn't really do a singles. Let me think. Um, I'm gonna have to uh, put some sort of. I did like. I really did like when um, Shawn Michaels won the Elimination Chamber. Mm. 
because I do love that. I love all. I, I love it when there's loads of people in one match. I mean, this is not with more thought. I'd change all these, but that's that. I put that as my second for now. A bit more modern. So I've got WrestleMania three. I've got Elimination Chamber for that one. But my first one, one of my all time favorite matches is WrestleMania eight. Roddy Piper and Bret Hart. Dave. You're talking my lingo there. You're talking my lingo. <laughs> fucking right. Fuck it. Do you know what? Do you know what was even even more great? The match itself was superb. It was the promos beforehand. Piper, oh. Mrs. Hart was slapping on the baloney. He's going off his tree. Brett, Brett was never the best promo. He was better when he went heel. Uh, uh, I've jumped in here, but it was just Piper, Piper going off his head. And then, you know, oh, yeah. sorry. That sorry. Was, no, it was good. It was because it was just there. Uh, Piper was like, you can see, like, I just imagine Piper came in in the place where Austin came in and just done that. It'd be even better. Like, just like, just with how he spoke. It was just, it was, it was great. It was just funny. And when he wrapped his belt up, he had his belt on his hand. That, that finish is one of my all-time favourite finishes and talking about Austin. Um, he got the, um, the Million Dollar Dream on. Uh, Brett in another match and he's done that same finish where he kicked off the turnbuckle so it's like the bell you know he has the bell in hand going back to Piper yeah. you're waiting like, for him you're yeah. waiting for it. and they only did they only had like if you look bell to bell it's about 12 minutes long but they did they got everything in they got everything in which is you know testament to them too it was just like bell, bell to bell 12 minutes they had and they got it all in they told the story didn't they you know was, was Piper going to go heel again um, you know, just like you say, just absolutely superb what they did in 12 minutes, the time they were given. Yeah, well, I think around that time, just obviously up to his first title win, I think that was Bret Hart's best time. That up until, obviously up until his, his feud with Austin, and I think that was like his peak time, because he, um, then he done he called the whole match, didn't he, with Davey Boy at SummerSlam, and then he had some belters with Austin, it was just... It was crazy. He was one of my favourites. Like I know he's um, quite a, quite a diverse of now because of his the way he, he does split everyone down the middle now. Absolutely. Is, uh, people think he talks about people and stuff, but yeah. People people say he's egotistical. I I'm, I'm having it. He, he speaks his mind. Like you know, he, yeah, he, he speaks his mind, but he just loves it. He loves it more than them. He loves the sport more than them, and he comes from that either way. It needs to be protected. And it was just, I get his side, I get the business side. Even the Montreal screw job, I get both sides. I understand both sides, why they do it. It's not, it's not a big issue to him. It's a big issue to me. It's a, obviously a massive issue to both of them. But I get why he says, Brett, screw Brett. I get it. I understand both sides. Just one of them things, as it happens loads in life, where both sides are correct. Both sides have got a point. So, I mean, as a fan, I'm like, Wah! as a kid, 17 it was. And happens like wow, fuming, but yeah, I get it. But I'm excited to the zone. What's going on? Absolutely, absolutely. I was I was at SummerSlam '92 against Bulldog as well. Like incredible, incredible. But a bit too young, Dave. A bit too young. I was six. I was six. Like you know, looking back, I remember just like my one of my lasting memories. The match, obviously amazing, was Lennox Lewis with the bloody Union Jack coming out with Bulldog. You know, as a kid, <laughs> that, that, Dad's like, did you need to be a bit older going to that show? I said, in hindsight, Dad, yeah. I said, but uh, yeah. you know, I just remember all like the fireworks going off at the end and all that. You know, Dave. I've, there's never been a card like that, and for the people who won mm. as well. I know. 
yeah. no, yeah. no Hogan. Obviously, I know Bulldog, they position Bulldog. It was always going to do the tickets. Uh, you know, and Brett as well. Brett had the following in Europe, didn't he? But you think Hogan wasn't on it. I know we had Savage and Warrior. Flair was there in, in a capacity. I know he didn't have a match. But considering Hogan wasn't, and Hogan was still the man, uh, you know, they did well. They did well, like, selling all them tickets. Well, I still prefer, like, when... I think Savage and Warrior just worked well together all the time. Yeah. Just, I hope we slating, but yeah. it just worked so well together, them two. And I just think what uh, Savage should definitely uh, should have given some wins over Warrior, some way down the line. Absolutely. Dave, I've enjoyed this. Yeah. I've enjoyed this. We've had a bit of talk about Superstar and what's happening in the coming weeks. And then, you know, going back, getting your history, you know, I didn't realise you did wrestling Pro wrestling, I, yeah. I, I just assumed it was like your grappling, your Greco and all that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, amazing, mate, you know. Well, Roy Ward, here's a little uh, trinket of info. Roy Ward, who runs the Snake Pit, actually used to do pro wrestling as well. He trained all legit, but he used to do a lot of uh, pro wrestling. And the reason what stopped him doing legit stuff is when he hurt his back getting thrown out of rumble. Bloody there you yeah. go. So, do you want, do you want crossover? In the freestyle wrestling, the catch there was always crossover into pro. So I was in good. I was in good company. Absolutely, absolutely. My guest for episode one hundred and one, the one hundred and one, the guest from Liverpool, just at the road from me here, is Mr. Dave Faulkner, and I will see you on Saturday the eleventh for the big show. Yes. Super, superstar Cade, get your tickets on Ringside World as well. Absolutely. A big thank you to Powered 4 TV for putting the episodes up on the on demand service there. Big thank you to John Scott and Rich Crowhurst for all the support. Really appreciate it week in, week out. Nothing's ever a problem. Also, we're doing Powered 4 TV Big Fight Weekly, the MMA and Boxing Show with my cousin Rich and John. I've put on these first it's been fantastic with that thank you to Chris Dutton again as always for the superb editing I couldn't do this without him and fantastic job once again thank you to Mike Angus for the intro as always to the show you can find the Stude Wrestling Podcast merch at WrestleMerchCentral.com there is loads of stuff lots of different items that you can get mugs, hats face coverings, t-shirts, hoodies, even the new varsity jacket with embroidered Stu's Wrestling Podcast logo on it. Big thank you once again to Dean and the team for listing my products on there. Great work, great work. And we will see you soon for the next episode of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.